You know, it's not wise to argue with Master Peel. <laughs> it's certainly not a good career move. General Skywalker, I stand by my principles, no matter what. Besides, I needn't worry about my career. I've fallen into favor with the Chancellor. He shall support me. Oh? I happen to know the Chancellor quite well myself. No. Really? Really? It's time for Send in the Clones! Join your hosts, Bucho and Robbie, on an epic journey through a galaxy far, far away as they follow the escapades of Anakin Skywalker and the Jedi Knights with the clone army of the Republic in their struggle against Count Dooku and the droid army of the evil Separatists. So step in and prepare for adventure because it's time to send in the clones! In this episode! Our heroes must make their way across Lola Sayu's volcanic surface to reach the extraction point. They are finally rescued by Plo Koon, but not before losing troopers and Jedi Master even Piel, a dare price to pay for the vital hyperspace lane information. Hey, troops, it's your old buddy Bucho on my first ever watch of the Clone Wars. And next to me in the dropship on his third ever watch of the Clone Wars, he's the Anakin Tamar Soka. It's your trusty pal, Robbie. How's it going, everyone? And we are here to talk about the 64th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology. It's written by Matt McNavitz and directed by Stuart Lee. It's Season 3, Episode 20, Citadel Rescue. So, Robbie, let's roll out with you letting us know what you remembered about this episode before you rewatched it again this week. Yeah, this one I remembered. It turns out that what I was remembering about this arc was mostly in this episode because <laughs> this is where all the action happens this is where all the the stuff happens so yeah this one is the one that sticks out in the three of them the most you get a lot of that back and forth with anakin and tarkin you get peels exit you get all kinds of things here in this one well one of the all kinds of things we get in this episode robbie is that we really kind of head into the deadly heart of lola sayu in this episode as our heroes descend toward the island somewhere near the golden lava riddled volcanic core and we're not going to add lola sayu to our star wars galaxy vacation itinerary i still really like the foreboding design with a kind of there's those kind of clamshell like edges yeah i mean like an oyster shell i don't know and when you i thought about that how would that develop geologically i don't know i didn't care because i just look cool i just like the design i thought the design was super evocative with the way that the sort of lava waterfalls would fall over there or i guess lava falls would fall out of the the spouts how did you like this deadly foreboding golden world of inalala so you robbie I mean, I thought it made for a very interesting location. And like I said before, the purple and the the gold, it's just a cool combination of colors. But, you know, it's funny when you were saying about that, that kind of clamshell style walls and all that kind of stuff. I didn't think about that until you just said it. And then I was like, yeah, you you know, you're right. That was a very interesting kind of topography on this planet. And someone who unfortunately doesn't get a lot of time to admire the topography, Robbie, that's poor old Warden Sobek. He's so stressed by recent events that he's developed an eye twitch, especially when he's on the line to his boss, Count Dooku. How did you like Commander Sobek's eye twitch, Robbie? I thought that was a sweet touch. It's really good. And it in this arc, you see him high strong and then you see him get more and more unhinged as time goes on. So I really enjoyed that. I actually enjoyed him the most in this episode as far as like a character because he's just on the verge of losing it, you know? So it's just, uh, it's an interesting way to look at this character yeah we get another interesting way to look at a character in this episode Robbie when we watch Tarkin get a piggyback on Anakin as they rappel down the cliff face 
I mean, another note that I took, Tarkin getting a piggyback on Anakin. I don't know, is there, I mean, how did you like that? It's just going to be me saying things I like about this episode and asking what you thought of it, Robbie. <laughs> that might be what this episode is. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of interesting uh, things that, that the characters are being put in in this episode. And yeah, you're right. Almost all of my notes have to do with characters doing cool things. So yeah, I, I'm right there with you. You know what I should have segued to from the Commander Sobek and Dooku, the eye twitch thing, Robbie, instead of straight to Tarkin, I should have brought up this note that I've made here where it says, Dooku throws some sassy shade at Sobek. He says, Commander Sobek, you've been avoiding my transmissions. And old Sobek replies, My lord, I was hoping to surprise you with some good news. And what does Dooku reply? Good news would indeed be a surprise. How do you like sassy Dooku in this episode, Robbie? Yeah, Dooku definitely shows some definite sass there. I mean, it's almost like they've made him more creative in his uh, in his comebacks, you know, from from previous episodes too. So, so yeah, that was fun to see. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> I'm trying to look for things that I've got notes from the early part of the episode, but it seems like everything's from that later part of the episode. I have a note that's from pretty early in the episode, and that is Anakin defending Tarkin. Yeah. Once again. Everybody's kind of like, I don't know about this Tarkin guy. And Anakin's like, oh, I think he's pretty good and everything. And then you get Ahsoka's eye roll. I'm surprised that you didn't have a note. How do you know I don't have a note? We haven't got through oh. my notes yet. I'm just, <laughs> I was just trying to go, wait, let's, what have we got here from... In fact, I don't have a note about the eye roll. I think you're right. Because that's pretty early in the episode is, what, is the reason why I just assumed that you didn't have it as a note. I've got a note about Anakin and Ahsoka having their little chat about Tarkin, but I don't have a note about the eye roll. It's pretty... I mean, talk about, you know, on the on the four-star Robbie scale. I mean, that eye roll has to be one of the best, if not the best, Ahsoka eye roll that we've had so far in the series. What, what does she roll her eyes at? Well, basically Tarkin being Tarkin, you know? And it's it leads right into... Anakin defending her because she, she's like what is with this guy and that's when Anakin is like you know oh you know he's he's a good dude and I like him and I think we need more of him yeah there's definitely a part where Ahsoka says out loud that's ridiculous because she starts off asking why did Master Peel have to share half the intel with that guy it's like he's not even grateful we rescued him and Anakin says Captain Tarkin feels like the Jedi should be relieved from the burden of leading the war effort. And Ahsoka says, that's ridiculous. And that's when Anakin says, maybe, but we are not soldiers. We're peacekeepers. The Jedi Code often prevents us from going far enough to achieve victory. And of course, Obi-Wan is there too. And he chimes in saying, that's a simple point of view. But Anakin seems pretty convinced. So yeah, that was another revealing, eye-opening conversation about the ways that each of these people regard Tarkin and also, obviously, another look into Anakin's state of mind at this point. But it's also their, all of their, the way that they view their own place in the war. I mean, the way that, sure. the way that Anakin, you know, comes at a problem versus the way Obi-Wan does and even the way that Ahsoka does. I mean, it's, it's one of those, it's a, it's a dilemma of, uh, of conscience, really. You know, it's the way that they approach some of this, this stuff. I mean, it's, it makes for uh, some interesting, uh, you know, conversations there. Well, of course, Anakin and Tarkin also find they have a common pal back on Coruscant when they each reveal to the other that the Chancellor himself 
has their backs. That's another fun little moment where we make that connection between the Clone Wars and uh, Episode 4, Robbie. How do you like it? I mean, that was cool, right? That was a fun little touch. Yeah, it's very... The way that Tarkin does it, it's almost like he's name dropping, you know? Right. The yeah. way that he does it, and then the way that Anakin's like, oh yeah, well I know him too, you know? And it's just funny the way that they that, that all plays out. And of course, one of the big developments in this episode, Robbie, especially for Jedi Master Even Peel, is that when the Anubis are unleashed, it seems like they're going to be just yet another scary, but really only pesky foe for the Jedi. It's kind of like the gut curse from Ryloth or the Master Falones from Maradon. We think they might take out a few clones, but I mean, I didn't expect that it was going to turn out that at least one of these Anubis has what it takes to be a Jedi killer. And one of the men's Master Even Peel, which means he must pass his vital information onto Ahsoka before he becomes one with the Force. And this is another one of those moments where we see Ahsoka go through something pretty heavy and as part of her overall growth, I think, in taking this very heavy responsibility. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I mean, it was, you know, like I wasn't even supposed to be here. And, yeah. and you know, I, I need to get one of the others that was actually supposed to be here kind of thing. And But she takes it on, you know, and I, I really enjoy that part about the, the episode too. I mean, there's not really... It happens so fast that there's no time to, to do anything else. So it's, uh, yeah, I just really like the way that that went down and gave her that responsibility. And speaking of Ahsoka taking responsibility, Robbie, after Commander Sobek is shot off his step by, by Fives, by good old Fives, Sobek gets cornered by Tarkin, and then all of a sudden we see Sobek crouching and snarling like an animal, and then he pounces on and overpowers Tarkin with ease. And he prepares to throw Tarkin into the toasty embrace of the lava when a lightsaber blade emerges from his chest. And it's Ahsoka's blade. And Sobek's been stabbed through the back by a lightsaber, just like Argaius, just like Ganact. And I'm sure many more villainous scumbags to come, Robbie. But the point I'm trying to get to here is that I think, unless I'm forgetting something, this is the first time we've seen Ahsoka kill a living sentient being as opposed to droids and dog-like animals is that right i'm pretty sure you're right and i think that was an intentional choice made by uh made by the team because originally i don't know if you saw this but originally tarkin was meant to kill him i didn't see that before sobek jumps on him there's a shot where tarkin's got him in his sights and sobek in this alternate version pleads for his life and Tarkin shoots him, which makes the Jedi even more weary of him, and, and, and just like I don't know if I don't know about this guy or whatever. But they made the choice that it should be one of the Jedi to kill him because they've already set up that there's a mistrust there, right? And so they were going to have Anakin do it, but then they decided that it should be Ahsoka to further her character that she's you know basically doing murder, but it's it's for the right reasons, as opposed to. <laughs> You know, some of Anakin's choices have been a little, hmm, you know, a little bit on the edge. But this is definitely a big step move character-wise for Ahsoka, too. Not only does she perform that that final act, but she's also taken on the responsibility of the hyperspace routes and all that stuff, too. Sure, and in addition to Argaius and Ganecta, course, what I didn't mention was that Anakin himself stabbed Talmeric through the back, didn't he? Yeah. That was the same deal. So Ahsoka... 
kind of mirroring her master here in a moment where someone needed to be taken out, although we didn't get that sort of comedic response after Anakin kills Talmeric where he says something, what is he, something like, what, he was going to blow up the ship, yeah. what was I supposed to do, you know. But someone I should also have given some credit to earlier when I said that Fives shot down Sobek, he teams up with R2. When Sobek is hearing around on that step bike making a menace of himself, it's R2 and Fives who team up to take out Sobek. And of course R2 in this episode, or Artui as I call him, he loses his personal battle droid squad fairly early in the episode when they are left behind to fight a rear guard action as our heroes escape down the cliff with, I think that's when Anakin gives Tuck in the piggyback, right? Yeah. And unfortunately, the three blue battle droids only last about six seconds. Yeah. But I think we can both agree those were a crucial, crucial six seconds without which our heroes would have been toast. So here, I think we just take a moment to pour one out for R2's battle droid squad, <laughs> Robbie. I mean, what do droids pour out? Probably oil, right? Yeah. It's got to be oil. Sure. And then, of course, speaking of coming to the rescue, Robbie, good old Plo Koon. How can you not love good old Master Plo Koon? And, of course, he masterminds this rescue mission, and he rolls up on the party he's there to save with his cool, calm, and collected, I believe you've worn out your welcome. And then at the end, when Anakin asks whether he assigned Ahsoka to the mission, he totally has Ahsoka's back when he says, It appears I did. How could anyone possibly not be a fan of Master Plo, Robbie? I still remember the very first time we met him all those episodes ago, way back in the Malevolence arc. And every time Plo Koon's in the story, I love him more and more. How, I mean, how can anyone not love Plo Koon, Robbie? I've always thought he's one of the coolest ones, especially of the ones that, you know, don't get any real, you know, a whole lot of screen time in the prequels. But he was always one of the more visually interesting ones. And of course, his voice is cool, you know. I love the fact that the side of his Republic gunship, it says Plo's Bros on it, <laughs> and Arabesh. I mean, you can also tell that Filoni's definitely a fan of Plo Koon, too, because you know how, like, you know, you've heard these stories about, you know, the concept art, and, you know, that Lucas would stamp, you know, his favorite right. ones. Well, what he would write, what Filoni would write on concept art is Plo Cool on on the, uh, the concept okay. art. I don't know if you... Uh, it's one of those little funny things that I, 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 I don't know. Filoni's just a, he's a character and he's, uh, he's just a lot of fun. But, but yeah, man, Plo Koon is, it's, it's just, it's just cool. It's just cool stuff. He's awesome. He's always a welcome presence in these episodes and also a welcome presence in these episodes, Robbie. Obviously it's Obi-Wan Kenobi and there's that conversation which closes the episode. Anakin says, if we aren't willing to do what it takes to win, we risk losing everything we're trying to protect. And Obi-Wan says, unfortunately war tends to distort our point of view. If we sacrifice our code, even for victory, we may lose that which is most important, our honor. I think, I think my Obi-Wan's getting worse, Robbie. <laughs> but how did you like that conversation? I mean, sometimes, you know, we can get critical of shows or movies where characters just state what they think, but sometimes it's just fun. Yeah, I mean, for Obi-Wan, I mean, it's... This just reinforces the fact that Obi-Wan is one of, you know, he's probably the best Jedi, pure Jedi from start to finish that we've ever seen. I mean, I mean, yeah, you could say Yoda and you could see some of these other ones, but you know, maybe the ones that, maybe that, yeah, maybe the ones that get killed off unceremoniously in the, in the, uh, prequels. Thank you. <laughs> sure. But no, I mean, Obi-Wan is probably the purest Jedi out there. He's the most powerful Jedi with his morals alongside it. 
course, that may come into question too, but hey, you never know. <laughs> but no, Obi-Wan is just the best. And that's one of those things that I think honor is one of the things that, I, that a Jedi should have. And that's the thing that we're watching Anakin sort of lose a little bit, you know? And that's, that's one of the interesting things about this show. Well, we know who your favorite Jedi is, Robbie, but now it's time to talk about what was your favorite shot of Citadel Rescue. I'm going to say my favorite, and then I'm going to tell you a bunch of other ones after you tell yours. Sure. Because there are so many moments in this in this episode. It's probably my favorite episode when it comes to Jedi action and clone action. Whoa. Okay. Pretty cool. All right, sure. So, let's do it. So my favorite shot is when Anakin does like a triple flip, he lands on a rock, and the stat flies above him, and as he's still crouched on the rock, it falls behind him and explodes as the camera dollies into him. Just what a shot. Just what a shot. I love it. That's my favorite. Yeah, there is there are a ton of beautiful shots in this episode. And I mean, I don't even know if I'm using the word beautiful right, because that sort of purple and golden lava glowing world it's not inviting at all but it's super evocative the images are powerful and one of my favorite images from the episode is the shot where our heroes start to work their way across the cables across the lava and the camera Mm. does like a swooping pullback from being real close up on rex and tarkin and as it pulls back we see the scary distance that they have to cover i mean have you ever had to shimmy along a cable over golden lava before robbie Mm, not that i remember no doesn't look that far. I mean, I have before, but I wasn't being pursued by Anubis and battle droids when, you know, I was only being chased by Betsy Neederman and after she found out about me and Carol Ann Lazy. But that's a story for another time. What's important right now is we find out where the cabling over lava scene sits on that four-star OB-careful scale. I mean, that's hot stuff. They had to be sweating. It definitely is, but I guess because there's very few frames of reference where I've had to dangle over lava before short of you know that game that you play when you're a kid you know when the floor is lava kind of thing yep short of that i just i I don't have a lot of frame of reference for it so it just doesn't look that dangerous to me on that on that scale so i'd probably give it a what a two out of four i don't know what they're over lava robbie but i've never i've never tipped my toe in lava before i don't know how bad that is it must be it must be bad do you remember what happened when they put Master Peel's body in the lava? That's what happens when you hit the lava. I guess. I guess so. Maybe it's, like I said, it just don't have a frame of reference. Well, fair enough, Robbie. But speaking of frames, my actual favorite shot of the episode is there's an awesome hero shot when our pals are attacked just as they're trying to mount up with Plo Koon. And we see Rex and Anakin briefly fighting back to back. And Plo Koon's dropship is just behind them in the sort of mid-ground. And the golden glow of the lighting setting off the background. But just that shot, the way it settles just for a, maybe not even a whole second. Rex and Anakin fighting back to back with the dropship sort of hovering into the background. That was my shot of the episode, Robbie. But let's get to this list, this master list of all the other shots that you loved in this episode. There's just a lot of moments that I really love. Number one, we get a <laughs> Wilhelm in this episode, which was... Uh, very, very welcome. Obi-Wan with a with a wheel kick. Right. I love that. And and that almost became my shot of the episode until Anakin I'm, I'm of course, you know, when that Anakin flipping thing. I, I've I have 
chosen very few Anakin moments as my shot of the episode, and I felt like this was a worthy one. But then, I love the fact that Cody jumps on top of that spider droid and shoots him from above, just like one of the clones he commands in episode three does the exact same move. I love that. I thought that was awesome. I mean, that's all that I have listed here, but there's just a lot of really, really cool action. And and not to mention, some of the Jedi Starfighter action is, some of that stuff is really cool looking too. So it's just, uh, this episode feels like it has everything. You know, it's just a lot of really, really fun visuals. Yeah, it's so action-packed. We got all the way here to the end, and we hadn't even mentioned that there's a massive space battle that breaks out above Lola Sayu. But now we want to start wrapping up, Robbie, and we want to talk about what did we learn from Citadel Rescue? Well, I think the most important thing to learn is that when you're on a timeline and you got to get somewhere, you might want to walk a little quicker. Have you noticed that in this <laughs> in this whole arc? There's a lot of sweeping shots, which is really cool. Kind of gives that almost Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring feel to right. it. I don't know if you noticed that, but there's a lot of them in this arc for some reason. But they're always like, well, we really need to get to that drop point. And they're, everybody's just ambling along like it's right. nothing. I just think it's it's so weird, and it's one of the things that's... I don't know, it just sticks out to me when they when they say that stuff. And there's so many shots of them just walking like there's nothing going. And they're just walking. There's no hurry. There's no there's no little light jog or anything. They're just they're literally walking. So I just think that was kind of funny. Need to get to a location, walk quicker. Yeah, there really is a ton of walking in this episode. I mean, that's not even counting Commander Sobek's voice, which is really walking. oh man i should probably cut that one out (laughs) wow that was (laughs) but maybe because we just didn't see the angles maybe there was you know how when you go to the swimming pool and there's those signs you know walk don't run maybe just out of each shot there were these signs all across the landscape you know walk don't run i don't know maybe you never know we'll have to ask dave when we get him on the show one day (laughs) But terrible or slightly awesome puns aside, Robbie, where does Citadel Rescue sit on that four-star Robbie scale? It's no question that I really, really enjoyed this episode, and and I'm going to use a very rare decimal point rating instead of fraction rating for this episode, because I I believe it deserves it. But you always use decimals, don't you? Like a 0.25, 0.75? Well, yeah, but I always think of it as fractions, like quarter, half. Gotcha. It's like... You know what I mean? It's always it's always like a just a, a quarter half, three quarter. You know. Gotcha. I'm with you. So basically, in in quarter increments. But you're not. We're but not going to get a quarter one, in this one. What are we going to get? No. A recurring? We're going to get a three point six, a three point six out of four because it's just it's not as good as a three and a qu- three quarter, but it's it's better than a three and a half. That is strong. Yeah, three point six out of four is what this episode deserves. Yeah, that's very strong, Robbie. And I also have this episode at a strong eight cables across lava flows out of ten. I don't actually know if I can say that I'll be looking forward to seeing this again because it's so foreboding and because it is so... Oh, be careful. (laughs) Because it's so foreboding and because, you know, it's just hard work. But that's part of why I'm giving the episode such high rating is that it does a really effective job at making this mission seem super hard. And we can go back at the end here to when Anakin did not want Ahsoka on this mission. 
even though he's been happy to trust her on other very dangerous missions at the very start, before Ahsoka stows away, he tells Ahsoka, you can't come on this one. This one is serious. This episode does a real good job of showing just what Anakin was talking about. But of course, it also does a really good job of showing why Ahsoka being on the mission is a pretty good thing. And this whole arc has been a significant story for her in terms of her growth. And so, I mean, maybe should we... We don't usually rate arcs. No, let's not overcomplicate things. Yeah. <laughs> let's just say that is mission accomplished for Season 3, Episode 20, Citadel Rescue. So, Robbie, if the troops out there have any battlefield communications for us, please let them know how can they reach us. Sure. We are Bucho and Robbie at Gmail, Twitter, and Instagram. That's B-U-C-H-O-A-N-D-R-O-B-B-Y. Yes, sir. And of course, the troops can join us again next time for the 65th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology, Season 3, Episode 21, Padawan Lost. And until then, this is your old buddy Bucho, alongside your trusty pal Robbie, and we are out. Remember, you can support Sending the Clothes for free simply by rating and reviewing this show on iTunes or any other podcast platform and Bucho and Robbie will read the review on a future feedback episode. And speaking of feedback episodes, you can also send either a text or an audio message of 60 seconds or less to Bucho and Robbie at gmail.com. The Force will be with you. Always.